All right. Hey, today we want to talk about detours. You ever been on a trip and you knew from you wanted to leave point A and you wanted to get to point Z? And if you're like me, you want to get there as fast as you can. Now, when Jenny's driving, like we budget in like an extra 200 bucks for the trip for the speeding ticket she's going to get. And so we're just kind of aware of that. Just know if you ever travel with us, that truly it is a low flying airplane. And uh, because when she drives, it's like every now and then I'll wake up and I'll lean over there and I say, baby, you know it's going 100, right? And she said, yep, I'm just following them. And so it just, it's a pretty cool deal. And in, in fairness, she hadn't killed me yet. And so that's a, it's a good move. But, the, but every now and then I run into detours. I want to get from point A to point Z, but somewhere along the way, there's a detour that included LMNOP. Are you with me? Like, sometimes these detours happen and they really frustrate me because I had a plan. My plan was to go from A to Z and a detour comes in and it hits me with element OP. And in the midst of that, I find myself wandering, trying to figure out, but I want, I don't want to be frustrated. I want to be back on my path. I want to get, the GPS says this detour happens. I don't have a choice. I have to take the first right, the third left, and the fourth right. And when I get there, I take the second left and then I can go on in my trip. But I don't like those. Uh, like, how, how many of you guys use Waze, the, the app called Waze? Yeah, and so we do that as well. Like, you, it, it picks up traffic patterns and it sends you on different detours and whatnot. The voice that Jenny has on her Waze is a boy band. So like when it's time to turn right, it goes, turn right, turn right. I, if I could get into that phone and strangle that voice, I'd do it <laughs> in love. But seriously, I don't like detours. You know when I really don't like detours? I don't like detours that are of a personal nature. Like when, when I have a plan for my life and I want to get that done. And, and Jen and my girls can tell you that I'm, I'm so weird about when I have a plan for my day and when, when there's a detour and things go awry, I, I take this hard right turn or this hard left turn and all of a sudden I'm off of my plan. And when I get off of my plan, I can get frustrated I, and, and I can lash out and I can be angry and I can be selfish and I can do all those things because my plan isn't happening. That there's a detour that has happened in my life. There's a detour that took me off the plan. Today, we want to introduce somebody to you that you probably already know about, but this is an Old Testament character by the name of Joseph. This is a guy who understood what detours were like in his personal life. If you have your Bible or a Bible that's on one of your, one of, one of your devices, go ahead and open that up to the book of Genesis. It's the first book in the Bible. And, and move on over to the 37th chapter. I'm just going to give you the intro, then I'll fill in the blanks because we could spend the next 50 minutes reading the story. But it's one of the most fascinating stories of detours in our life. I've had a few of those detours in my life. I mean, the detour where, wait a minute, I didn't sign up for a spouse to die. I didn't sign up for my mom and dad to die shortly thereafter. I didn't sign up to have a blended family and the chains, the pains that come with that. I didn't sign up to lose everything I owned. I didn't sign up for those things. All of them were detours in my life. And when I look back, you know what I think about those detours? They hurt. They're painful. They're frustrating. And often what I do when I'm in a detour in my life is I pray and I seek, God, would you get me out of this detour? Would you get me out of what I'm experiencing? Because I want to get on the other side of that. 
Every Sunday when I finish the service and I say, let the Lord go before you, let him go within you, and let him come behind you, there's a part of the coming behind you that I say, let him pick you up and carry you, not around your problem, but through the middle of it. Because when we come through the detour, now we know, wait a minute, he is faithful. But some of our detours last years and years and years, and we spend all of our energy trying to pray us out of a detour when in Joseph's life, we get to see what those detours do. But you might say, well, Chuck, that's good for an Old Testament character, but what about me in 2017? I'll promise you what Joseph experienced is a picture of me and you and the detours that we find in our life. So in the 37th chapter of the book of Genesis, starting in verse 1, this starts to tell the story of Jacob and his family. So Jacob settled again in the land of Canaan where his father had lived as a foreigner. And this is the account of Jacob and his family. Now the story begins. When Joseph was 17 years old, he often tended his father's flocks. He worked for his half-brothers, the sons of his father's wives, Bilah and Zilpah. But Joseph reported to his father some of the bad things that his brothers were doing. Joseph's a tattletale, which naturally gets him in trouble with his brothers. But at 17, he is terminally certain that he's right. And so he starts sharing this with them, including, I'm going to tell mom and dad on you. Now, do you have siblings that are older or younger than you? Or maybe you're the middle child and they rat you out. I mean, does it, doesn't that just drive you crazy? I mean, it, it drove me back crazy with my sisters. So you know what I learned to do with my sisters? Tell more on them. And so I found myself just like these half brothers feeling like, dude, you, why are you busting on me? But Joseph is in the thick of it with his brothers. Oh, it gets so much worse. In the middle of it, it says in verse 3, Jacob loved Joseph more than any of his other children because Joseph had been bored to him in an old age. So he's the golden child. He can do nothing wrong. He's the baby boy. And it goes on to say, so one day Jacob had a special gift made for Joseph, a beautiful robe. Joseph's coat of many colors, the technicolor dream coat, right? And when you see this, you say, wait a minute. He, he picked the youngest out, and in front of all the others, he favorited Joseph. He was his baby boy. This is what happened. Can you imagine how the other brothers feel now? I mean, first of all, you're a tattletale. Now dad thinks you can do no wrong. He's probably going to leave everything to you. You little brat, you're not grateful or generous. You're just the baby and you get to skate on everything. So he's in trouble from the word go. So it goes on in verse four, it says, but his brothers hated Joseph because their father loved him more than the rest of them. They couldn't say a kind word to him. And one night Joseph had a dream. And when he told his brothers about it, they hated him more than ever. Listen to this dream, he said. We were out in the field tying up bundles of grain, and suddenly my bundle stood up, and your bundles all gathered around and bowed low before mine. Listen to how the brothers responded in verse 8. So you think you will be our king, do you? Do you actually think you'll reign over us? And they hated him all the more because of his dreams and the way he talked about them. Now, remember, this is a young kid. This is a guy who ha- is, isn't seasoned yet. He didn't, he didn't gloss over that saying, what a special time that us as a family are going to experience this detour, that this is going to happen. It's going to be a blessing to you someday. No, he comes out and he says, let me tell you my dream. This is what happened. Have you ever had somebody say to you, this is what I know God wants me to do? And you were like, whoa. This is what happened to the brothers. 
It's like, come on, really? Do you think we're going to bow down to you? We're going to have to be a slave to you? No, 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 little brother. That is not what's going to happen. So in verse 9, soon Joseph had another dream. And again, he told his brothers about it. Listen, I've had another dream. He said, the sun, moon, and 11 stars bowed down low before me. Now look what happens. He's not saying it's just the brothers. Now he's saying it's the whole clan. The whole family someday is, is going to bow down to me. And this time he told the dream to his father as well, to his brothers. But his father scolded him. What kind of dream is that, he asked. Will your mother and I and your brothers actually come and bow to the ground before you? But while his brothers were jealous of Joseph, his father wondered what the dreams meant. Have you ever noticed that the detours that happen in our life tend to rock our world? Have you ever noticed that the, the, the detours in our life create significant pain in our life and in the people that are around us? And the detour that Joseph is about to go on has happened because God has given him this dream. But let's be clear, he didn't handle it very well. He wasn't terribly mature, and he wasn't really mature in a faith. And so what happened as a kid was he just blurted it out. And as he blurted it out, he created this tension among the family. And the brothers went on to say, no, that ain't going to happen. So while they're out, all the brothers take him. They rip the coat of many colors off of him tear it up as if an animal had torn him up, threw him in a pit, covered it over with no food and no water. They left their little brother to die, came back and told mom and dad, what a horrible thing it is. A wild animal came and the beast ate your son, but this is all that's left. How they did that, I do not know, but they did it and mom and dad never questioned it. It's like, really, wow, what a bummer. And all the while, Joseph is in a hole to die. They have left him to die. A caravan comes along and they hear Joseph. They open up the hole. They get Joseph out of the hole. And so there's a guy that they don't know what to do with. So they enslave him so that he becomes their servant and the caravan heads to Egypt. So now the family is back doing life they think Joseph is dead, but Joseph has taken another detour. Remember, the first detour is this. I'm the baby. I'm the favored child. I got the coat of many colors. And you know what the first detour is? We're going to throw you in a hole. Did he deserve to be thrown in a hole? Of course, of course not. But there's a detour that happens in his life. Now, the second detour comes along, and you would think... After the first detour, you'd say, okay, he's learned. He's got it. Look, God's going to do something cool. He got thrown in a hole. But then he gets another detour, and it's another harsh turn. And so now he's enslaved as a servant with these folks, headed to the foreign land of Egypt. And as he gets to Egypt, and he begins to serve, and as he begins to care, and all of a sudden he gets elevated, his servants get elevated, and he gets to the top of the organizational chart, and when he gets there, he's now in charge of the, being the personal assistant to Potiphar the king. And so he is all about this royalty. He's taken another detour from a hole to a slave, from a slave to serving the master and living in the king's quarters. And so he goes into the bedroom of Potiphar the king, to straighten up and clean up. And while he's in there, Potiphar's wife, who is smoking hot, comes out and she says, hey, baby. And Joseph's eyes are like, whoa. You are so pretty. And then she kind of slinks over to him, you know. It's like, hey, Joseph, you like my dress? Jen, I did that for you, baby. 
If you saw that online, I'm sorry. <laughs> she's, she's ready for business, man. And Joseph runs out the door proving he is a smart cat. The problem is her plan didn't work out and now I got another detour because now he's been accused of what she wanted to do even though he didn't do it. And so now he's gone from a hole to a slave, from a slave to a servant, from a servant inside of the king's home, now in jail, imprisoned for something he didn't do. Are you starting to see the pattern that this dude has got a lot of detours going on? And as, as a prisoner there, he gets more dreams. And one of the dreams he gets, Potiphar needs to understand. Potiphar has that. They hook up and he begins to tell them, listen, a famine is coming to the land. So you better store up all the grain. You better store up because you're about to have years and years of famine. And if you don't want to go through all that, you better start storing up right now while things are good. Now at that moment, another detour happens because Potiphar sees this is exactly what happens. What happens is there's a great famine in the land. All the countries around Egypt, they now need aid, but there's no government to help them. I mean, there, there's no disaster relief. There's no convoy of hope. There's no care for AIDS. None of that is going on, but they're hungry people. And so people from all over the countries around Egypt travel to Egypt knowing that on the word of Joseph, through the king, they have saved up the food. And Joseph now has taken another detour from prisoner to being the big cog in the synagogue. He's the real deal. He gets to decide how all of this food gets to be dispersed. And while he's there, his brothers show up and they don't recognize him because all the detours he's been through has totally wrecked what he might have looked like in their eyes. They remember a little 17-year-old boy and now he's gone through the hole. He's gone through the slavery. He's gone all the way through every detour and now he sits on the throne and as he sits on the throne he decides what they get and what they don't get the brothers don't recognize him and he says sure we'll give you some of that and then he tells his servant slip a little something extra in their bag and then go bust them and you're thinking to yourself see he got his he showed them but when he, they came back because people thought they had stolen from Joseph he said now go, go get your family bring your dad bring your mom bring your family so they go back and they come back to Egypt and there he is. There's plenty of grain to be given out. And all of a sudden, Joseph stands and kneeling before him are the 11 stars. And it's at that moment, all of his detours could have taken him to this one place where I'm going to make you pay. And he says, here's all the grain you need. Do you remember me? And then their bow wasn't in hunger, but in gratitude. If all those detours had been me, dude, I, I would have been wearing y'all out on Facebook. I'd be asking for prayer change to get me out of the pit. I want to pray, God, would you get me out of this indentured slavery? God, you know I didn't mess around with Potiphar's wife. Would you get me out of this mess? God, would you get me out of jail? This is ridiculous. There'd be people out there smashing cars and throwing stones and burning stuff for no good reason. There'd be folks out there looting stores thinking, this is an injustice. 
And I'd be fueling it all by saying, I didn't, I didn't deserve this. I don't earn this. I'm better than this. And we'd all rise up and say, that's right. But Joseph didn't do any of those things. He took every detour, and now the detours through all of them led him to the one place that he could serve best and serve his family most. And he found himself here, and as he cut to the chase, this is when we know that all of us experience these detours in our life. The problem is, if you're like me, I pray so hard to get me out of the detour, I leave no room for God to do what he wants to do in the middle of the detour. There's so many detours that have happened in my life. I didn't ask to be able to minister to people who are dealing with cancer, but I do. I didn't ask to be a counselor that helps folks trying to figure out how to blend a family, but I do. I didn't want to be the guy that could counsel people about what happens when you lose your shirt and you lose everything you have, but I do. And I believe the Lord puts in every one of those a time in which I was begging God, get me out of this mess. And the whole while, whole while God the Father is saying, son, I'm taking you through this detour because this is best for you and will bring more honor and glory to me. But I couldn't see it because I was so busy trying to get out of the detour. I wanted to get back to A to Z. I didn't want LMNOP. I didn't want that to happen. But beware, folks, God rarely takes us to our destiny apart from detours. If you're looking for something to tweet, that's it. God rarely takes us to our destiny apart from our detours. You know, this is, this is not like running water. You and I all learned in science class, flowing water will follow the path of what? Least resistance. The will of God rarely takes least resistance it turns a hard right and a sharp left and it splats us against the wall sometime. And in the midst of all that, he is asking us to recognize you're either here because like Jonah, you chose wrong and I love you enough to get you back on course or I'm going to allow this to happen in your life because I'm going to use it sometime later. Like me, you've probably got plenty of things in the past that you can hang on to as a crutch and you can lean against it and you can lean against it your entire life and say, you know what, I'm, I'm tired of this. God has not delivered his part. I am leaning on this and I am wickedly sorry, but I'm tired of being in the detour. Or you could say, Lord, would you shorten the detour so that I could understand and hear you in him? You know, detours, the, the first thing that comes to my mind is that they are part of God's plan for our lives. I mean, the first thing that I would ask you is, would you recognize the detours that God allows in your life, that those are often and most often a part of God's plan for your life? This is a God who created you, a God who knows the number of hairs on your head. This is a God who had plans for you that you might prosper and you might succeed wildly. And all the while, he's got you on detours that you didn't ask for, that you couldn't see the end of the tunnel for, and yet he has you there for a purpose and a rhyme and a reason. From whole to slave to set up to prison to the top of the palace in the midst of all that, just like these Bible heroes like Moses who had wandered in his detour for 40 years in the wilderness. Like Abraham, who took a 25-year detour waiting on a son in his old age. Like Jonah, who knew he was supposed to go to Nineveh, but went the opposite direction, swallowed by a in the belly of a great fish, thrown up on the island, then finally goes to Nineveh, and all the city comes to God. Can you not wait to go to heaven and talk to Jonah? Seriously, don't you want to say, dude, Tell me a little bit about the three days. That must have been weird. 
And like when you got thrown up on the beach, did, did you have a shower? Because that, 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 that was gross, right? And you might say, well, you know, Chuck, what if he's not there? Well, then I'd say, you ask him. Half of you are going, what? <laughs> Detours are a part of God's plan. Joseph, it seems like it's one detour after another, but it all led to the first dream, the, the first picture he had that the divine has for him. Detours first, folks, are, they're part of God's plan for our lives, but also I believe God uses detours to prep us for our future. I, I genuinely believe that too often we're just not ready to handle our destiny because we lack maturity or we're not prepped, we're not ready. I've said to, I don't know how many people, if I had been your pastor 10 years ago, you would have fired me within the first four months. Apart from all the brokenness that all of us experience, none of us have really the ability, the kindness, or anything that it requires to love on each other. Apart from brokenness that we find inside the detours in our life, God uses the detours to prep us for our future. And you might say, well, Chuck, that's not my plan. This is what I imagine. This is what I want to do. And God said, no, we're going to go this way. And we splat a little bit. Joseph, in the role of an immature young dude, tells his brother about his dreams, and that begins the chain of detours. You see, God allows Joseph to be falsely accused and imprisoned. We're talking about a significant detour here. Maybe your detour is... The doctor said cancer. Maybe your detour is your kid came out of the closet this week. Maybe your detour is your spouse said, I've been having an affair for six months. Maybe your detour is that your boss said, okay, you, I don't need you anymore. Maybe your detour was such that you, you just can't imagine, what, how could this happen to me? We all have detours. And we all immediately stop, start asking people to pray us out of the detour. But listen, when we determine what to do with our detours, I believe God used them to honor him and use it for our good. You see, I do believe that it, it might get worse before it gets better in our detours. I believe it might get worse before it gets better in the detours. Look at the life of Joseph. It started with a hole. It wound up in prison falsely accused, but inevitably all of those detours, had he not experienced those detours, can you imagine how power hungry he could have been when they put him in charge and his brothers would have come and he would have thought, now's my time. I'm going to get me some. I'm going to take care of that. You remember me? I was the guy you threw in the hole. And the brothers are there and he extends grace. Why? Because the detours led him to become the man that God wanted him to be. What are the detours in your life that are leading you to become the man or woman that God is calling you to be? Could I just say to you, I'm in the middle of a few detours in my life right now. And he's beating a crud out of me. I mean, I find myself, I was driving home yesterday and I, I was telling Matt and Kathy Osmond this between services and I, I'd spoken at a little church for a family conference in South Alabama and I, I came back and I had this overwhelming gratitude that you let me be your pastor. I, just, I, I can't even tell you how grateful I am for that. But along the way, man, there have been some weird detours. There have been some things that have happened that I, I would just say, I know, that I know detours are difficult. I know that they hurt. I, I know that they, they could get worse before they get better. 
But they're all part of God's design to prepare us for our future. Don't pray them all away. Recognize them for what they are. Understand them for the goodness that God wants to walk us through. I remember being in science class in uh, Seabreeze Junior High School in Daytona Beach. And the science teacher was kind of going on a little bit about the whole caterpillar and the butterfly thing. And so they had these caterpillars and we took like what looked like little exacto knives and we cut the caterpillars open. Isn't that weird? But I can remember looking inside there and I remember the science teacher saying, what do you see? You know, caterpillar guts, right? He said, but it's going to be a butterfly. Do you see the butterfly? And the answer is no, I see caterpillar guts. You know, the, the caterpillar's only job is to become something it's not. Did you know that the only way that a butterfly can fly is that it has to expand and work out and push and it has to work so hard that the only way it has the strength to fly is how hard it worked inside. Folks, there's some of us that we're just wallowing in misery and pity while we're in the caterpillar guts and the detour is just saying, it's not worth it. Quit. You, you can't do this. And all the while, that detour we're on is so that the Lord God, our creator, could say to you, you're my kid. I love you. I want to give you the strength. Stretch. Pull. Stretch. Pull. Activate. Go to work. Stretch. Pull. And eventually that butterfly comes out and we see it as a thing of beauty on the outside because of the work that happened inside. And this is what Jesus is longing to do in the detours of our life that we might pull and stretch. And the pain is there and the frustration is there and the desire to get out of it is there. And yet he's saying, stretch and pull. Work your way through this because I'm doing this good work within you. Trust me. Walk with me. Be with me. I I promise you, you can do this. And the Lord is encouraging us on. You're saying, but I'm in a detour, Chuck, that you just can't imagine. Here's the good news. I don't have to imagine it. I know the one that is saying to you right now, you can do this because God the Father has you. God the Son has come to work it out within you. And God the Spirit is building inside of you the ability to stretch and work and stretch and work and fly into a thing of extraordinary beauty, especially because you've come through the detour and the pain. You say, Chuck, man, I, I want to do that, but I feel like I'm in the 12th detour of my life and I'm done. So let me sound as, as unpastor-like as I can here. Man, I've been there. And there's a part of me that's there right now. It's like, I, what in the world do I do? What a mess. God, I, I want out of this detour. Now watch this. What if we're asking for the wrong thing? What if instead of asking to get out of the detour, we might ask to receive the why, the how, and the what of how he's working our salvation out within us, the sanctification and the changing of our heart within us, so that we might receive that detour and know that the God of all creation created it, that we would know that we know that we know 
I don't like it in the discomfort, but I trust the God who's got me on it and shorten that, not let it get away. And say, God, I'm gonna trust you, especially in the detours of my life. Let's pray. Friend, listen, the, the detours in life, while they are inevitable, they are not the end of the world, and they're not the end of the journey. It's simply a sign in your life that God is allowing you to experience that brokenness so that he might draw you back in, into his life and you might cling to him. That you might understand that, that, that he wants to pick you up and carry you. He wants to go within you. He wants to go before you. But he's going to let you say, Father, would you do this in my life? And many of you are saying, Chuck, I've been in detour after detour. What do I do? And the scriptures say, call on the name of the Lord. And you say, Chuck, I don't know what calling on the name of the Lord is. It sounds just like this. Jesus, I, I need you. I believe you are God's gift to me. So forgive me, let me trust you, be my savior, and I love you. Come, come live in my life and clean me up. I wanna turn my life around, I wanna live for you, not for me. That sounds just like calling on the name of the Lord. If you're in a, if you're in a detour right now, Ask the Lord to reveal it. Lord, what do I do with this? What are you preparing me for? How are you going to use me? And rather than praying your way out of it, pray your way through it. And trust that God is saying all the while, you can do this. You can walk with me. You can talk with me. You can live with me. You can rest in me. You can do this. So Lord, do what only you can do. Lord, I'm sure there are folks around this room or even online who they said, man, that's the prayer I need. That's what I want. Lord, you speak that life into them. Give them the courage to know that this next step is baptism and they want to walk with you and they want to grow up in you. And Lord, you do that. So Lord, we're going to trust you that in the middle of the detour, we can hear you and know you and love you and walk with you and rest in you because you are allowing this for our good and your glory. It's just so painful sometimes to take that detour. But in all of that, Lord, we can trust you. And it's in the name of Jesus, our King, our Lord, and our Savior, we pray all these things. Amen, amen, and amen.